The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. And that's because the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe has some great features like the available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, and much, much more. So think about those places that you want to go, the things that you'd like to do this weekend and where the Santa Fe can take you. Learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. Freaking first cut. Golly! Welcome to the First Cup Podcast. I'm Rick Gaiman, and we are at the halfway point of the United States Open Championship. Joining me to break it all down, Greg Ducharme is here. Greg, hello to you. Hello, Rick. Um, it was it was a, a cool day today at LACC. I, I think this looked a little bit more like a U.S. Open today, which was kind of nice. Uh, it was it was really fun. The golf course showed a little more teeth. Little tougher setup, I thought, and we got a little sunshine. So this was this was great. Yes, we did. I'd whip out the sunscreen today. Uh, Kyle Porter will be joining us. I can I can see him in my vision. He is wrapping up a, a, an HQ hit, so he'll be with us shortly here. But Greg, let's get to the golf course because you mentioned it. Uh, the overwhelming sentiment I think on Thursday was, "Hey, this is cool, but it ain't an open chan- or it ain't a U.S. Open." Right. And it's not hard enough. Well, uh, statistically on Friday, the course played nearly a full stroke more difficult. But that afternoon wave, when the sun came out and everything started to get a little crispy, a little baked out, all that fun stuff, played three strokes over par, twice as difficult as the morning wave did. Yes. Um, Now, this is... Look, it's common everywhere you go. The weather plays a big role in the way a golf course plays. It's an outdoor game, and this is a, a big factor. But when a golf course is has this kind of style to it, where the fairways are really wide uh, and, and you have kind of an open expanse, and while it's long, it plays a lot shorter than its length, you the the ball the challenge in the idea of this design, the challenge is in stopping the ball especially when you bring a U.S. Open here, where you think back to a Chambers Bay or a Shinnecock Hills, where it's a, a wider golf course. There, it's not the bowling alley fairways of, of Wingfoot or Oakmont. Now, the challenge is getting the ball to stop, and it runs off into some of the places that are a little bit more challenging. But yesterday, when it was soft, it didn't do that. You know, the ball was on the ground, and while... You know, it was said a lot early in the week, the fairways are wide, but they won't play that wide. Yesterday, they did. This afternoon, they played a little bit narrower. Uh, the greens were a lot firmer. It was harder to access hole locations. I, I also think they, they set up the golf course to be longer today, uh, and they tucked the pins a little more, which they probably could have done yesterday as well. 
but um, when you combine things, it got a lot more difficult this afternoon. Uh, two of the four longest par threes in U.S. Open history were today on number seven and on number 11. So certainly stretching it out there. And Greg, looking at the tee times already for tomorrow, the final group will not go off until I think it is uh, 3.20 local time. I don't know the exact time, but I do know it is 73 minutes later, an hour and 15 minutes later than the latest tea time that we have had this week. So if it does get again, that sun coming out and making things crustier, the longer we go, those guys going out late are going to be in the heat of it. You know, um, it's a really interesting point, Rick. And it, it's something I find to be really interesting about this, um, about this tournament and this leaderboard is, you know, late tea times, typically in a U.S. Open, you have less familiar groups. Um, but what we saw on 18 today, as play was finishing up, the sun was really kind of right in, it was right in your face. And players yeah. started hitting wild tee shots on 18 with this gaping fairway. So I'll be curious to see if that plays a role tomorrow uh, with, with those late tee times. Um, also very curious to see what we get with the sun. And then lastly, you know, you have uh, everybody who made the cut is at uh, one over or two over or better. Um, which is 12 shots back of, well, I won't say who, I won't spoil the party, uh, but 12 shots back. So when you start to, are, are you going to see a, a spread between morning tea times with a little cloud cover and some of these, um, these players who are playing later, who are playing wonderful golf, but there are questions about everybody on top of the leaderboard right now. Uh, you got to get, in my estimation, you got to get five strokes behind the lead to get somebody that you you really really uh, trust as a major championship leader. Okay, well let's uh, let's hit a couple of appetizers first here because the morning wave this morning, which was Friday, uh, which means they went out Thursday afternoon. So the PM AM wave was two shots better than the opposite. So those guys got the good end of the draw. Steady Wyndham Clark goes out early on Friday, shoots a three under 67 and continues his adjective. I don't know what dominance, uh, resurgence, meteoric, whatever you want to put in there. This season that he's having has been unbelievable. He continues it. it. It was hours and hours and hours ago. Felt like a day ago, but he finished at nine under par. He's one shot off the lead, Greg. When you look at this scorecard that we have here, um, that front nine, his front nine was 10. The, he started on 10. So he did all that damage on the much more difficult back nine, uh, which is really impressive. He hit some great shots, hold some really long putts. Um, Wyndham Clark, th you know, this kind of, makes sense in a way after seeing the way the golf course plays, this makes total sense because he has massive club head speed. And on this golf course, you're free to, for the most part, you can wail away at it. Uh, and he's doing that. And then you also have uh, his improved iron play, which has been a big factor. And he's always been a great putter. So I, you know, this kind of fits it really fits. It really makes sense now looking back on it. Uh, and it's been fun to chronicle this throughout this year. So I'm really happy for Wyndham. Uh, and, and I love what he, what he did. Uh, 
look the on his on the front nine, his second nine, it got a little bit hairy at times. He had a couple of squirrely shots, made a couple of mistakes out there. That um, was scrambling a lot more. Now he still he only made one bogey, right? He puts together a great round of golf, but um, it wasn't as it wasn't quite as clean as it was the first twenty seven holes. But getting in there at nine under par, he's got himself right in the mix, and and I like where he sits right now. Uh, I also won't spoil who is in the lead, but I'll give a hint. And Greg, uh, if if these guys finish one two. I want to buy stock in that that super stroke grip, that big long <laughs> one that goes way too far down the putt. Like, like because apparently that's the way to putt now. Yeah, we've talked about that before. Yeah. Um, now, well, I, I can't I can't go down that path without spoiling it. So I will save it. I will save it. But yeah, Wyndham Wyndham can roll it. Uh, and he and he likes that putter, and it it he has not used that his whole career. I know we talked about this earlier in the year, um, but that is not the putter that he's used for his whole career. So very kind of an interesting story to track there. Uh, the round of the day goes to Min Woo Lee, who fires a five under sixty five that continued to get better throughout the day. Uh, Greg, listen, I'll 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 brag a little bit. Uh, this same thing happened last year at Brookline. And I sat in player dining with Minwoo on Saturday when he posted early and he was like T27 at the time. And by the time we were done sandwiches, he was T12 or whatever it was, because at a U.S. Open, when you go out early and post, doesn't matter if it's the easiest U.S. Open (laughs) in history, you are gaining and you are laughing all the way to the bank. Well, yeah, well, you're happy to be done because this is stressful. Um, You know, even this round of 65 that Minwoo Lee put together, there was a lot of scrambling. Uh, and there was stress out here. Um, but one thing that really caught my attention today with Minwoo, um, and look, we know this to some degree, but it was really on display today. He mashes the ball. I mean, yeah. he had a, a drive on uh, 16. I believe it was 16. Um, he hit his tee shot 400 yards. Uh, and he had, it was a 500 and... Um, on my shot link, it had 550, and he had 148 in. I mean, it was just incredible stuff. Absolutely mashing the golf ball. So really cool to see he drove it really well. Um, he hit a lot of high-quality uh, iron shots into the greens today. Um, he did – this is the thing you worry about with Minwoo. He can start to miss some fairways, and he did that on a couple of occasions, uh, and it, it, it cost him. Uh, it cost him some mistakes. He had to scramble. He had to work really hard. I mean, on number two, he missed the fairway and had to get up and down after laying up and was able to do it. Uh, but on five, I believe it was, he hit one um, into the right rough and barely advanced it. And it, it got a little, uh, he ended up making a difficult bogey there. So look, Minwoo's uh, got a great swing. It was great to post early. He's going to have to kind of eliminate some of those big wild mistakes in order to win over the weekend. Um, but boy, his club head speed impressed me today. Uh, I was impressed by the bounce back ability of one Dustin Johnson, who got off to basically the worst start you could have gotten off to after opening with a Thursday 64, six under on Thursday's round. He makes par on number one, which is giving shots up to the field. And he makes a quadruple bogey eight 
on number two. So he is already down like four and a half shots to the field or four shots to the field through two holes. And believe it or not, Greg, he climbs back into this thing, shoots an even par 70, thanks to taking advantage of the second nine and is going to be T6 heading into the weekend. He's uh, he's kind of scary to look at right now. I mean, it's hard to imagine somebody winning the U.S. Open with a quad, um, but it it wouldn't surprise me if Dustin Johnson did something like that. So I I like where he is. The quad really set him back. And look, he drove it into the bunker and ended up hitting it into the barranca and and had to take a drop. And it it was a an ugly display. And anytime you make an eight, it's going to be pretty ugly but uh that moved him back to let's see he was at uh he moved him to two under moved him to two and he ends up getting back to six so really impressive stuff and again doing a lot of that work on the more difficult back nine so um look i was i was really impressed with the round of golf from dustin johnson i've been really impressed with the way he's hitting the ball so far this week you know you draw a comparison to Chambers Bay with some of these wide fairways. Um, DJ can air it out off the tee, and he's been driving it really well all week. Um, and he's right up there. I think uh, my shot tracker is down on me right now, but I think he's fourth in strokes gained tee to green for the week. Yes, is, let's see. one, two. I have him at uh, sixth at the moment. Six. Okay, yeah, that, that sounds right. So that's that's really good stuff especially considering a disaster like that so you you think for a minute that he's shooting himself right out of the tournament uh, and he ends up doing just the opposite so uh very impressed with dj it feels like a dustin johnson kind of golf course and it's nice to see him in in form where he's actually playing dj kind of golf so yeah he you know i We've seen him in majors before, and it's felt like he's right there uh, and and right on the verge of making something happen and has not been able to do it in the last couple of majors. But the way that he's swinging right now, I have to imagine he's going to be there come Sunday. Uh, I'm being told that Josh has pulled the video of that quadruple bogey eight. And since he bounced back so well, I think we can show it. You know, if he shoots an yeah. 85, maybe, maybe we hold off on it. But we do have the video here. So... Uh, here it is. Here's number two. This is down into into the uh, the canyon side of the golf course, Greg. And it's immediate trouble out of the gate. That fairway bunker there is 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 pretty is pretty dead. Yeah. And see, this is the thing about LACC. Um, when the ball settles near yeah. the lips, right, you can get into some really nasty spots in these bunkers. Uh, and this yeah. is the best he could do. Yeah, he advances it out. It's still into that very thick rough, and then he tries it again and finds that magic keyword that we've been talking about all week, the Barranca. He's got to step back and take a drop, and now it's just him trying to get up and down for whatever number he can, and it's just it's not going well. It's, it's not going well. And now you're left with this, right? Now you're above the hole in double. the rough. For double. Uh, nope, and that's going to keep on rolling. Just all keep on rolling. It's actually a pretty good eight. Yeah, you know, like you, you can kind of see how it happens. Th this was the first look today. And look, this is, um, I don't mean to harp on this, but you think about what happened yesterday. And I know we're only watching what we're watching on the broadcast, at least me sitting here at home. Um, but you that was really the first look that we got of, wow, this is, 
okay, that's a U.S. Open, right? Like, there's not really a terrible shot. <laughs> there's right. not. I mean, it's it's the you barely missed the fairway into a bunker. Uh, you could argue he made a mistake in trying to hit it up the left hand side, uh, and he ends up in the rough. And now he's got this really unpredictable lie where it's buried. And it comes up in the in the Barranca. So he could have made a different decision on one of those two shots, but you know, it, it was the the difficulty of the of the golf course that ended up costing him. Uh Hunky Tony, Tony Finau gets himself back into the mix of another major championship, 68-69. This was uh this was all over the place here a little bit, Greg, because he gets out to a, a three under 32. He gives a couple of those back coming in, but it is solo eleventh for Tony. He is Certainly on the short list of, let's call it three, four names of best player without a major championship. Yeah, he's definitely on, on the list. And part of the reason is we know he's capable. What I find really interesting about this round today is he makes his birdies at one, uh, easy par five, uh, six, drivable par four, mm-hmm. eight, uh, probably oh, the easiest hole on the golf course. I would, I, I mean, the, the, the eye test says yes. The stats say, the stats say, well, in round two, it was six, but eight is, yes, it's like the second easiest hole. Okay, so round two, so he makes birdie on six and eight, the two easiest holes. Um, right. and One, another very easy 30, hole, yeah. and, so and 15, which is a yeah. sandwich. So he made, he, made, he made birdie on the four easiest holes. And then you look at uh, 11, where he made bogey. Now that's a beast of a a three hundred yard par par uh, par three, and he wasn't able to carry that cross bunker. Which the amazing thing about that hole today was, it, it as you, these players are ripping it down the hill and they are just carrying that cross bunker. I mean, I saw on the broadcast they showed like four times in a row on that hole. I saw a ball barely land over that bunker, and they end up in a great spot. Uh, and Tony's didn't carry. So, you know, it's a very minor miss, but bogey on a really difficult hole, 13. Um, that's the start of this really long stretch. That's a par five, a par four. It's over 500 yards, makes bogey there. And then 16, uh, a beast of a par four makes bogey there. So, you know, he made birdie on the easy holes and a couple, couple mistakes on some of the more challenging ones. And that ends up costing him. But all in all, it's a, it's a pretty good 69. I have uh, waited long enough. I tried to outweigh Kyle so we could get uh, his Rory McIlroy takes, but we can wait no longer because the kid from Hollywood, Northern Ireland, is here in Hollywood, California, and he follows up his Thursday 65 with a Friday 67. Greg, just before we get into this too deeply, um, this was, you know, it's really a critical round in my opinion, right? You know, we were... You rarely have seen Rory get off to really good starts at major championships recently. And he has an opportunity to follow it up with something low. We knew the morning wave was going to be the gettable side. So it it was pretty critical that he goes out and just does not play this championship away. And when he starts off with, you know, two bogeys on his first four holes and, and one over during that stretch, I'll admit I was a little bit worried about that. And you know what it reminded me of? Um, Southern Hills, right? He yeah. plays a great opening round. He's in the good wave on on Friday, and and he has a 
terrible day. And basically, you know, he didn't play his way out of the tournament, but um, he didn't do what he did today. And you see this start and it's a couple of, a couple of mistakes of birdie on 12 was really nice. That was a really nice putt that he made. Um, but it, like, it's understandable again, it's kind of like Tony Fino, 11, 13 and 17 this time. Those are really hard holes, but you're expecting in that morning wave. I, I thought that when, by the time Ricky Fowler and Xander Shoffley teed off at eight under par, they would not be in the lead. That ended up being true because Wyndham got in at nine now. Um, so it, it was true, but I thought Rory was the reason why. Right, this is Rory McIlroy in this stretch. These really difficult holes he can make a lot easier with with the the noise he can make with the driver. I mean, he can make them a lot easier. Um, but ultimately, this was a, a gritty performance because he turned it around on the on his back nine, the front nine. Yeah, yeah, he made the turn in two over, and I'll tell you what, there was we were with this group basically all day, and it, he there was a lot of frustration early. You know, he he stole. I think the putt that he made on 12 that you mentioned, so his third hole of the day for birdie, I think that was the first time he stole one, right? Like all yeah. week long, he had earned every every shot, every birdie that he made, he had earned it. He had not gotten lucky. He had not stolen any. I thought the one, and I was like, finally, okay, here we go. And it's still, I mean, he gets the 15, and, um, you know, it's a wedge in for everybody. It's like 115 yards today. And he misses a, a, a I don't know what it was, five or five footer that he had the beat on, and he... You know, he gives it the full on, like full swing with the putter. And he stayed he stayed on that putting surface and looked at that with Harry for a long time. He a was upset. Time. He was very upset. And it was he, eight feet four inches. Okay. So it felt a lot shorter than that in person. Um, and then he uncorked one. I'm like, he's gonna destroy this golf ball in 16. That's where Minwoo hit this the 400 yard. The, I don't know what Roy's was, but it felt like it was four thousand yards. <laughs> it was uh, 377 like yards. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, not bad. Not bad for Wars. Um, so that was really I I did not feel like we were in a good spot as as things were making that turn. And then for him to kind of figure it out was was huge. There's a couple comments in here, and Greg, I don't know if you saw us on TV. I was there and we couldn't figure out what was going on. That stretch of six and seven, where everything gets backed up, what was happening that there was like three groups on the tee there. So I, I saw a lot of this on social media, but this is where, you know, they're hanging out on the Hill. Right. Yes. So there, it was a, a massive backup. I can't tell you what happened exactly. Um, but, but it was pretty crazy and seeing some of those pictures. I mean, that's a, it's a long, I mean, you're, you're talking, this had an effect later on in the round too, I believe. Because you think about this, this happens in the morning wave. You get a big backup like that. It affects everybody else who plays the rest of the day. I don't um, know if they were waiting for a ruling. So it looked like, because we were like just sitting, we were just there on the tee box for, I don't know how, what, forever. And it, it looked like they were almost like clearing the green to let those guys play up, to like let the Rory group play up. And then it just like net, like they just never I, like. And then we it, finally it never happened. There. No, then it did. And then we got up there. And I'm like, wait a minute, they have not even putted out yet. So like, I don't know if they were like, like if there was a ruling green side, but there was there was no action on the putting surface for what felt like ten or fifteen minutes 
Then they played up, and then the uh, it was like the Harmon. I don't know if it was Harmon, Horschel, whatever that group was ahead. It was it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. It's so frustrating when you don't know what's going what's going on, and you just see unused space. That it, let's what is happening here? Yeah. It's like somebody sitting at a green light, you know, sitting still at a green light, not paying attention. It, so it's frustrating, but these kind of things happen from time to time. Okay, so the, so Joseph in the chat says there was a ruling with Brian Harmon. He was watching on Peacock. I was going to say there had to be because like okay. nothing was happening, and then they. Yeah, I didn't see that. Yeah, it was. It was. There was. There was frustration building. Um, back to Rory. Uh, so obviously, eight and a half year major championship drought. We're we're working on here, Greg. Uh, I will say, and I tweeted this out, but this is uh one of the better starts that that Rory has had. So he's gained over eleven and a half strokes. Let's see what the final number was. Uh, he has gained eleven point six strokes over the first two rounds. Um. The only four occasions he has done that through the first two rounds of a major championship were 14 PGA championship, which he won 14 open championship, which he won 11 us open, which he won and the 2011 masters, which we know what happened on the 10th hole on Sunday in route to an 80 and he, he should have won. So that is completely separated from what the scores are this week, how easy or how difficult it is. That is gaining to the field. When Rory McIlroy gains this many strokes to the field to start a major championship, it has generally ended very well for him. Maybe, Rick, maybe he's kind of cracked a little code here. Um, you know, we talked about how he changes things up all the time heading mm -hmm. into majors. Uh, I like this. I like this recipe that he dialed up, right? He's coming in off of, first of all, three straight top tens. And when you watch them, they're frustrating. But when you take a step back, there's some really good stuff going on. Uh, and so that's one thing. The other thing is no press conference this week. I and think all he of finally just did the first one this afternoon, I think. Um, well, he has done some, you know, he's talked to some reporters, yeah, maybe did, he, did he go sit in a press? Oh, maybe he did a, a flash. Oh, he had a mic. I think he maybe did a flash. Yeah, okay. Well, I'm fine with the I'm fine with the flash. But you're right. You're right. It's a big difference, big deal. And and on Thursday, I'm watching him start off, and it was it, it didn't look like a major. That is has nothing to do with the golf course setup. I'm just talking about watching Rory's body language, watching Rory move around. Rory looked chill. He looked calm. He looked like he was playing golf. Uh, and it, it, it's led to a really strong performance. So it feels like the world is a little quieter for Rory McIlroy. It feels like the expectations, even though we'll talk about the rest of this leaderboard in a little bit, his name stands out. Like it's in bold letters. It's the biggest name on the board. Uh, and, and there's no debating that. Yet, well, the expectations don't seem to be going crazy. I, I mean, I have a take on this. And we've kind of talked about this a little bit earlier in the week. Kyle and I have been work workshopping it here. I mean, this is a different major. It's, it's a serene major championship. The court, like the fans can't get to you on this golf course. It does feel like the practice rounds that Rory and Harry were having on Tuesday and Wednesday. It feels like that on TV, too. He is... He is 
on this. I, I, I have seen Rory hit every shot on six this week, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and they've all felt the same. And it's just because of the way the course is set up, these fans can't get to you. Honestly, it, it just feels like him and Harry are out there playing golf. And I think he is super leaning into it. And I, I think it's really good for him. And you're thinking because of the way it's laid out, that's going to happen Sunday too. Yeah, I don't think there's, like, there's I don't no think way around it day to day. Yeah, I agree. Actually, we've got Kyle. Let's bring in Kyle. Let's do it. KP, there he is, courtesy of Matt Fitzpatrick. Thank How you about so that? Much for Corona. Yeah. Cheers, KP. Hi, KP. Uh, I, I heard you guys talking about Rory, and I just jumped in. Yeah, so we. What are you I was about Rory? I was pitching Greg my my serene major championship take, and that every you know every round feels almost like a little bit of a practice round, and I think in this scenario that that has been very good for Rory. Yeah, uh, it, it, I thought Friday was a lot better in terms of the app or the uh, the vibe and kind of the uh, just the the fan showing up. Even you know, I, I thought Friday was definitely better than Thursday. I think the thing with Rory that I've been most impressed by, and I wrote about this for for Friday or for uh, CBSSports.com on Friday is. His ability to, and I'm curious about what you think about this, Greg, but his ability to change speeds. He hasn't just been pulling driver every single, every single hole, every single, you know, because I think a lot of the criticism of him has often been like, oh, you just need to hit driver everywhere, hit driver everywhere. And it's like, yeah, maybe, but he's been changing speeds really, really, really well. And it seems like he's kind of got a strategy and a game plan down. And he, I actually asked him about it afterwards and he said, I was watching YouTube videos of myself playing Hoylake and I didn't hit driver very often. He was like, I was surprised by how little I hit driver. And that kind of inspired him for this week, which I think is, it's really interesting to me because this is a course that engenders a lot of creativity, a lot of thoughtfulness, a lot of game planning and different things like that. And it's fun to hear different guys talk about how they play it in different ways. Um, I'll add one thing. It's working. He leads the field in strokes gained off the tee, right? I mean, he's only, he's only missed uh, five fairways all week. You know, that you put Rory in the fairway at, at his He's still averaging on all drives, right? On, on all of his tee shots, he's averaging 315 off the tee, which is fifth. So he's kind of getting a benefit. He hit iron off 10 yesterday. He hit three wood off 10 today. He yeah. Hit, I mean, it, that's that's pretty crazy to still be uh, averaging 350. Something less than driver on 12. Um, I think it was iron. Iron on 12. Iron yeah. on 6. Yeah. And, yeah. and 315. So it it's working. He's he's in play, right? He's playing every hole. He's not it's struggling. Iron, he hit iron on 5. 5 is 540 yards up the hill. <laughs> he hit iron he on 5? I'm I'm positive iron off. Uh, yeah. No, he, did he? He hit it two ninety seven. Yeah, that's not that's not driver. Yeah, because remember it hit, it hit the middle of the, it hit the middle of the fairway and and rolled down. It was like just off the edge. It just stayed in the fairway. That was today, right? And he made so he, he had made a two hundred ninety seven yard iron. 
Yes. I mean, you probably landed it like 260, but yes. Yeah. He hits, oh, yeah. Uh, Josh says he hit a he hit a wood. But not a driver. Not okay. a driver. Yeah. I mean, it's, but it's I think five I think that's sort of the, that's sort of the point, right? Is like he's got all this firepower. He's got he, the way he phrased it when I asked him was like, I've got all these weapons and it does. It's not it, like driver is not my only weapon, which I think is is very true. <clears throat> And listen, Craig, like the only thing that any, any of the media people here talk about while we're out watching is like Rory's strategy. What does Rory need to do to win a fifth major? So yeah, there's been infinite, like, are we going to, are we going to show this shot? Can we show yeah, it? Are we going to play it? Play. It's, it's a, it looks like a, okay. it looks like the five wood. I'm pretty sure it hits the middle of the fairway and kicks right and rolls down to just in the fairway. Cause we're like, we're like right on the right side of the tee box here. Right, boom. Then it's gonna roll. It's gonna roll all the way down. Oh, maybe I'm thinking of yesterday. Yeah. Oh, that's that's even better. Phenomenal. And then he leaves it to probably 20, 20 feet here and Drano for a three. Yeah, a lot of I I'm noticing. You know, it's hard to tell on TV exactly if this is accurate, but it looks like Rory's set up to hit a lot of draws and they're drawing a little bit or they're not drawing. Uh, and I think that's a good thing. I'm not seeing it overdraw, which I, I think it, is this, good. Does it benefit him if it gets like, like Shinnecocky this weekend? I don't think so. I don't. I, I think Rory wants. I, a, I mean, June Gloom is all for Rory. <laughs> Give Rory from, the June Gloom. What was it that Martin said, Rick? The kid from Hollywood becomes a becomes the man in Hollywood. I don't yeah, know. That's, from Hollywood yeah. to Hollywood. Um, Rory McIlroy is four shots better off the tee than John Rahm. Shot and a half better than Xander Shoffley. He's he's doing he's doing the good stuff. So anything else on Rory before we're gonna take a break and then we're gonna get to uh, the man at the top. But but I know we've been like this this championship feels and we can do this at the end too with the the, the betting stuff. But it feels like um, just a different story from Rory. I I completely Why? agree. Why I don't know that I agree. Why do you say that? Because he's on a historically fast start that usually only ends up in very good situations. This could not be th – this golf course – I'm t the vibe out here, the setup, the, the, the corporate aspect of it, how far away the th – this everything, everything is Rory. It's Rory. It's Rory. KP, I, I think – I think just, cause it, just based simply on body language. He looks so – he yeah. looks so calm. Cal like, it, it's so chill. Uh, that's what Rory looks like to me. It doesn't look like I have to, I have to win this major. It, it doesn't look like that to me. I like, and I like it. I think Saturday is so important for, we, we, <laughs> we say this a lot with him because he's in, he's in tournaments a lot or in majors a lot, but I just think Saturday is, is massive. I mean, if Rory comes out and, throws his weight around and is like, I'm the best freaking player here. And it's not close. 
and shoots a 66. And it's, that's like, you know, it, it, it honestly, it's a little bit of what he did at St. Andrews last summer. And then he got run down on Sunday. So it's not just Saturday, but I, I think Saturday is, uh, oh, they're just showing the one he almost made on nine today. It was insane. Oh, but I, I think, I think Saturday is, is really, really important for this sort of like second half of his career. But that sounds that's like overstating it. But if you win LACC and take, I mean, like he could win Hoy like next month. Like it could be a true floodgate situation. And to do it, the major after Brooks got his fifth. I don't know, man. Like it, it does feel like something's brewing a little bit. Two shots off the lead for Rory McIlroy heading into the weekend. He will go out with Xander Shoffley. Uh, and I believe the penultimate group uh, late on Saturday. We're going to continue this conversation and chat about the man at the top. But first, we're going to take a quick break and hear a word from our partners. Did you know that more than 75% of Americans will experience foot pain in their lifetime, but only 10% will seek out a solution for that pain? Those numbers do not add up to me. And I know it can be confusing, the biomechanics of the foot, the bones, the muscles, everything in between. But solving foot pain is simple. And that's where Superfeet comes into play. These Superfeet insoles go into your shoes, give your feet comfort and support where they need it the most and redistribute the forces that reduce both stress and strain through your entire body, not just your feet. Insoles have been uh, phenomenal for me uh, personally, and they are clinically proven to decrease fatigue, reduce injury, and improve comfort. I can attest to that myself, especially when walking uh, a lot of golf holes that I play. So if you feel good, you play good, you look good, everything works out from there and it starts from the bottom up. Visit superfeet.com and enter promo code FIRST at checkout for 15% off your first order plus free shipping. It's a really fine line creating workout clothes that are great in the gym and workout clothes that are also great to look at outside the gym. And Viore has threaded that needle. They are designed to work out in, but they don't look like it. They don't feel like it. And it's incredibly comfortable stuff, whether you are running, training, swimming, doing yoga, running errands, lounging around the house. It really doesn't matter. These are versatile clothes. You'll find me often in the men's Sunday performance jogger because I, I like the jogger situation that goes on down at the bottom, but they're very comfortable. Uh, they've got a little bit of a shorter inseam, so they're not as bulky as, as other pants or other joggers that I have seen out there. And I've really enjoyed how they work both in and out of the gym. So now here's what you can do for four, our listeners, uh, first time purchasers are getting 20% off. All you have to do is go to viori.com slash first. That's V-U-O-R-I.com slash first. Again, not only will you receive 20% off your first order, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75. And here's my favorite part, free returns. Yeah, go check it out. Viori.com slash first and discover the versatility of Viori clothing. And we're back. The man who will enter the weekend with the lead, the solo lead, one shot clear of everybody else is Josh. Ricky please tell the I'm embarrassed we didn't use that at all last night. So just to hit it again. Ricky Fowler. Just one more time, I guess. Ricky Fowler. 
Yeah, there we go. You we got to make up for two times. You should have done it two times. Yes, yes. <laughs> we should, or, or at least one for every birdies. Made eighteen birdies. We can rattle it off fifteen can, more times can, in a row. <laughs> we got, we got time. Yeah. Uh, Ricky goes out in the afternoon, and it looked like it was going to be a boat race, Greg, because he birdies one, he birdies two, he birdies three. He got this thing to eleven under. Uh, right out of the gate, and I'll tell you what I was like. Oh my God, he's gonna he's gonna ruin the whole drama thing here because he's just he's just gonna steal it and run. You kind of feel it a little. What Martin Keimer at Pinehurst, right? Yeah. Just running away from a rut, which Ricky was involved in that one too, by the way. Uh, but a great, great up and down at one from the bunker makes it kind of you know he. I don't want to say an easy four, but a, a four on a hole, you should make a four on. And then stuffs iron shots on two and three. Those were just great shots. Um, and then a little, we talked about this earlier, Rick, a little pace of play back up on 4T, right? He, he's got to uh, wait for waiting for like 15 minutes. Um, coming off of three birdies there on that hole, that was tough. Uh, and then the rest of the front nine, he took care of business. Birdies at six and, and eight. Um, but look, the, uh, a kind of up and down round. But I thought the moment of the day was the putt that he made on 12. That's when coming off of back-to-back bogeys after a mistake, a, you know, a hole you shouldn't make bogey on 10. Uh, and then a bogey at 11, which was a three putt. Um, he, the, the birdie on 12, I think, was huge. Are you encouraged or a little worried about the wheels falling off KP that yes, he has made 18 birdies. He is only 10 under. So he has made, he has put eight, uh, what eight bogeys on the card as well. So it is not like he has avoided all catastrophe. It is not like he has been perfect. He's been very, very good. And he's been way better on the good holes than the bad holes, but made a lot of bogeys too. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't mind that as much here as I would at an, at a, um, maybe some other golf courses because do I, I said, I think that's fair. You're going to make a lot of bogeys here. Yeah. There's all these, these half par holes, right? I was just, I'm sitting by Jeff Shackelford and obviously helped redesign the golf course. And we were talking about that. Like that was one of the big narratives coming into the week is there's these three and a half holes. There's these four and a half holes. And it's set, it's like purposefully plays to not even par on every hole, which I think is like really interesting. I, I love that style of, of playing a golf course. The irony though is like if, if, he, if he makes 36 straight pars on the weekend, he's going to win his first major championship. Um, or, or or 18 birdies and 18 bogeys would do it as well, right? So I, he's he's in a good spot. I'm not I'm not worried about the number of bogeys that he's making because he's hitting it great. He said afterward, he's like, I haven't felt this good in a long time, especially at a major championship. So Fowler might not end up winning because winning majors takes luck and it's hard and this course is going to bake out. But I, I think he is, like, going to be there until the very end based on the way he's playing. And, and in a similar fashion, Greg, that we talked about this this larger view of Wyndham Clark, larger view of Ricky Fowler. This is not a flash in the pan moment. He's been building towards this for six months. Yeah, it's been really steady play. 
Um, I was just checking something out too. Cause the thing that Ricky's done this year leading up to this, he, he hasn't shot really low scores. He hasn't shot high scores either, but it's kind of the exact formula you would expect for a U.S. open. I was pretty high on him for the, at the PGA and, um, and I believe the Wells Fargo as well, because I thought those two events would be, Hey, pars are really good. And I, and, um, bogey avoidance will be really important and shooting 68 is really good. And, you know, Ricky hasn't shot below 67 since April, since the Valero Texas open. So now he's had great finishes. So he hasn't shot any high scores either. Uh, but it's so funny that now at a U.S. Open he shoots sixty-two, sixty-eight, and makes eighteen birdies. It's, it's like it's been coming, but this is a different performance. So I, I like it, Rick. I think this is Ricky kind of breaking out of a shell, showing some, showing some putts, getting, you know, as Paul McGinley would say, getting on the front foot, you know, playing off, and I think that's what this tournament is calling for, right? So let's recap this board now that we've got to the leader. So Ricky Fowler, 10 under par, Wyndham Clark, 9 under, Rory and Xander are 8 under par, Harris English at 7, Dustin Johnson, Min Woo Lee at 6, Sam Bennett, Scotty Scheffler in at 5 under. Let's talk quickly about some notables here, and then we can all get out of here and go to bed. Scotty Scheffler, uh, KP, uh, fired a 68. Statistically, he is, let's see here. Uh, fifth in the field from Tita Green. He's one of the better ball strikers. He is still a positive putter for the week. Um, you, you know, it, it, this course could offer a run or two. It's almost like a basketball game. Like, you could make a run, and you just got to kind of see about if anybody else makes makes runs in return. But, like, th- this five shots feels very, very small out here. It does. I think Scotty's going to win still. Mm. You're not going to get any pushback from me on that. (laughs) I mean, I get it. He kind of sneaked it in at five, right? Because he he was out. He was he was in the harder wave, and he. I think people like forgot he was on the course, and then he birdied what two of his last four, got it in at five. He's he's. I think he should like. I just said this on HQ. I think he shoots like 67 on on Saturday, 66 maybe. And he's well, in he one of the final that every day. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Was, I, I think he's going to be in one of the final two pairings on, on Sunday. Can you imagine? Uh, Joseph Omanya tweeted this, but like, what if we get Scheffler Rory or Ricky Rory or Ricky Scheffler or DJ Scheffler? I mean, like, you could get a real, like, badass showdown because the thing I love about this board, maybe you guys talked about this, is there's real, like, separation. I don't like it. When everybody's, I mean, I, I do like it because it's dramatic when everybody's bunched up and there's like 23 people at two under, we see, we've seen this on the PGA tour the last, you know, several weeks. I love the separation at the top because I think it, I think it's showing off a golf course where like a bunch of people have talked about, there's real shot value. And, uh, I, I would love to get two or three of those guys really kind of stretch their legs, separate from the field and, uh, have a little showdown on Sunday. You know, the thing about Scheffler to me is it doesn't matter. It's almost like the conditions don't matter. He just shoots 
66 or 67 or 68 every day. It's like one of those three numbers every day. And you have to figure if we get a little sun, a little later tee times, like we talked about earlier, Rick, and firmer golf course, tougher hole locations, the tougher it gets to me, the, the more it benefits Scotty Scheffler moving up this board. The only round that I can think of in the last year that Scotty looked human was when it was torrential downpour on that <laughs> Saturday at Oak Hill. And we were like, well, he couldn't handle it. Yeah. Other than I don't think we're going to get six hours of rain on Saturday in, in L.A. So I think he might be good. Well, the other one was after 36 at Memorial. And he he said on Saturdays, like, I didn't really want to get up and play today, which is unusual for me. And then he finished one shot out of a playoff on Sunday. Yeah, he so, did PGA. He's so he's so patient. He's so consistent. He's so good. I, I just, I mean, Shuffler at five to me, put him ahead of Sam Bennett. Put him put him ahead of Minwoo. Put him ahead of DJ. Put him ahead of Harris English. To me, he's basically fifth on this board right now. And that sounds silly because he's not actually fifth, but that's the way that I view this board with the way he's playing right now. A uh, couple of disappointments. One, though, much bigger than the other. John Rahm, one of the pre-tournament betting favorites, uh, shot a three over 73. Lots of frustration during that round and makes the cut on the number. He will be around for the weekend, though he'll have a very early tea time. The other one uh, will not be around for the weekend, and you have to scroll much further to find him. It's a... 81 from Justin Thomas, uh, shockingly uh, sour round. Uh, Greg, have your have your crack at it. You can you can pick one. Which direction do you want to go here? Uh, I um, I'll go JT. Look, this was um, he got on the bogey train, uh, but he very clearly. I mean, he only made four birdies for the entire week. You know, 73 yesterday with two birdies. He made two birdies today both on par fives. Uh, it's clear that Justin Thomas doesn't have his golf swing right now. Um, that's very clear, right? He, he hit six fairways yesterday, hit five fairways today. He had 10 greens yesterday, hit eight greens, eight greens today. today. Now, regardless of what the strokes gain say, that's not, that's not having control of your golf ball. And the strokes gains actually say the same exact thing. He doesn't have control of his golf ball. Uh, and it's been going on for a while now this year. So JT's in a funk. Um, he said it's embarrassing, um, but hopefully, you know, he can put some things back together again. But I, I haven't seen, I've never seen Justin Thomas fight his golf swing like this. Um, it, it's, he doesn't have control. Provides a lot of cover for Max Homa's miscut as well, KP. Max Homa will not be around for the weekend. Another uh flat major championship i mean it's just it's bizarre man the whole thing the jt stuff's bizarre the max stuff is bizarre i don't know golf's hard golf is hard it's a it's a disappointing miscut i mean um yeah you you can't miss that cut you can't shoot 68 in round one and you know playing at lacc i mean max is he's fallen off from where he was at the very beginning of the year but that's a that's a that's a bad miscut after shooting 68 in the first round. 
Let's look at the betting favorites uh, and see where they stack up with 36 to go. Rory McIlroy is three to one. I can't read that name, Josh. Who's three and a half to one? Ricky Fowler. Yeah, that's right. Ricky Fowler, three and a half to one. Xander at four. Scotty and Wyndham Clark at seven to one. Those are the guys uh, sub 10 in single digit. I'll tell you what, though, Greg, when you're looking at this, like, listen, I'm – yeah, if you want to bet Scotty at seven to one, that's literally what his like pre-tournament number was, and I feel better about it now than I do. <laughs> like now he's only got half. Um, like yeah. yeah, if you want to bet Rory, great, whatever. But I, I think there is kind of a chance with with if we get the same conditions and timing that we got today, that you could see that those late guys going out even later having a very very difficult time, and someone going out early and giving them at least giving themselves a chance on Sunday. You could probably find that guy like hundred to one. Yeah. Um, I think that's a, those are really valid points, Rick. Um, the guy that I look at other than Scotty, who I think Scott, like if you don't have Scotty already, you got to get a little now because you know, the value is the same. Um, and, and you know, you know, a little bit more, he's made the cut and he's right. He's within five of the lead. And, and we have question marks everywhere above him. Uh, but the other guy that really jumps out to me is Cam Smith, who's kind of hanging at four under right now. So he's six back. And with his with his ability on the greens um, and, and the width of this golf course, I could see him going crazy over the next couple of days and running down, maybe runs down Rory again. So that's another number that I think is really valuable. So it'd be it'd be Scotty, it'd be DJ looks so good. I, Scotty, DJ, and Cam Smith would be the three bets on this board for me. Uh, so two things. One, there's a video floating around Twitter right now of Scotty on the driving range, uh, just oh, I absolutely saw that. hurling his driver into the atmosphere. Uh, and talking, uh, Luke Curdenine is talking about him testing out different driver heads. Doesn't doesn't excite me, uh, but he'll be fine. Uh, the other thing is, uh, Justin Ray had a stat: twenty five of the last twenty seven U.S. Open champions been within three of the lead after thirty six. Fifteen of the last seventeen were in the top five after two rounds. So same same time frame. So if those two stats hold, which they're not perfect like it's not everybody has done that but most of them your u.s open winner will be the ricky fowler wyndham clark rory mcelroy xander shoffley or harris english and i don't yeah. think it's gonna be wyndham clark or harris english <laughs> um is, is is rory gonna win this u.s open do you trust ricky fowler and and uh xander shoffley that's what i'm saying is rory going to win this u.s open I, I listen, I've got a lot of financial interest in Xander Shoffley winning this, <laughs> but, but I said it, I'd said it's in T in the shuttle last night. I j- it's just like, I've never felt more like everything's coming up Rory with the way he's playing. Do we not say that? Don't like, we say this all the time? I don't. I don't say I, I, do, I, I refrain from this. Rory, uh, this will get you going, Kate. I mean, imagine next 
Imagine the hype. Don't do this. Don't do this. If Rory wins this U.S. Open and at Hoy Lake. Going oh, my God. <laughs> I knew you were going to do it. Well, you know, the, the, the sicker part about that, the, the Masters part, is him retaking the major lead from Brooks in the next two. Yeah, that would be that would be that would be insane. So just to rattle off, like one, I liked the preparation that he did. I like what he did with the media. I think that this is a great course for him where he doesn't have to hit driver, but he can still gain a ton off the tee. I think that it is a good routing and the fans, I think that he got the good end of the draw. I love his stat profile. I I mean, it it is just all, all of those things add up. It it's feels also, really good. It looks good. It's also kind of low-key, a really good top of the board for him because you've got yeah. four guys that have never won a major. Now, granted, you know, he's talked about how it sometimes feels like he's trying to win his first because it's been so long. So, you know, maybe that's not the biggest deal in the world, but you've got some guys that haven't, haven't like, gotten it done at the end of big tournaments, right? And there's not a – there's guys – behind him that could could make some noise but yeah are you t- are you trying to tell me that no one has ever accused ricky fowler or xander shoffley of being like killers who are just like stomp on your throat i mean that's what i'm saying Wyndham clark doesn't have a does he have a top 20 at a pager <laughs> he won an elevated event yeah this, this is new territory for him yeah and harris english is a very good player but i mean I, yeah, I don't know. He's not the ball striker that everybody else on this board is. Harris. Uh, he's a good ball striker. Not uh, like his other guys, though. But he uh, he is. I love. I mean, I, he was a long shot of mine this week. I love Harris English, but I mean, I, 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 I think I, he I, hangs around fifth. Let's I say think that. I think Rory winning this tournament would be. It would be a really cool bookend to the entire live PGA Tour Public Investment Fund saga, right? Like just the last, whatever you want to call it, 15 months. And then Rory finally, he hasn't said this, but implicit in him not doing media at the beginning of the week after his round on Thursday is like, I'm, I'm good on talking. Like I've, I've, done, I've done all the talking. You know, I'm, I've had enough of that. And then to kind of return to like, yo, I'm not a, I'm not the commissioner. I'm the best player in the world by winning the U S open would be kind of a reminder of just uh, how extraordinary his career and his, his career has been and his talent currently is. It would kind of be like a Hollywood script. You, yes, it would, but it also assumes that the stock is over, which I don't believe it to be. But uh, yes, it would be. It would be very cool. Ryan Fox is going out as a single at nine thirty-three a.m. tomorrow. Should I ask if he needs a marker? Maybe I could play with. I could play with Ryan. Hey, you could ask. We won't wonder why there's a backup on seven anymore. I'll, trust me, I'll just pick up after a couple. Don't, <laughs> don't, worry, don't worry about me. Um, anything else for this Friday before we uh, shut it down and turn to the weekend? I just got a text from Justin Ray. You want me to read it to you? Sure. Yes. So this is the fourth time that Rory, since Rory's last major win 
So his last major win was 20, 2014 PGA Championship. Fourth time he's been in the top three through two rounds. So through 36 holes, it's the fourth time he's been in the top three. First one was 2016 Masters. He played in the final pairing with Spieth on Saturday. And Spieth went on to win that Masters, I believe, is I remember it. Um, Six, wait. He did not. <laughs> what was that? What was that, Greg? I, get, I got it. Uh, it's like you just like ruins Santa Claus for Greg. So, 20, <laughs> 20, 2022 U.S. Open. So, last year at Brookline. And that, that for me is the comp. That for me is kind of where I'm like, okay, I feel like we've been here with Rory. He's not leading. He's not out in front, but he's kind of in it. But he just didn't – he just didn't – close out that U.S. Open the way that Fitzpatrick did. And then the third one is last year's Open at St. Andrews, which is another pretty decent comp, I think. It was extraordinary on Saturday. Got his ass kicked down the stretch on Sunday by Cam Smith. And so you've got three performances there where he was in it, but he just sort of didn't close out the last 36. Um but I think he hasn't really been in this position as much as people might think that he has. And to me, it's just a man, it's a it's an incredible opportunity to really kind of kickstart that second half of his career where he could he could win three, four or five majors. I don't know that he's going to, but he certainly could. And this would be a, a, a really nice kind of intro in, into that. Welcome to the weekend uh, at the U.S. Open. If you're watching live and on the East Coast, it's already Saturday. So congratulations, you've made it. 36 to go uh, before we crown our national champion and a leaderboard stacked with names and stars. We'll be back after uh, each and every round to break it all down the rest of the way. Big thanks to producer Josh, who stays up late and does all the hard work behind the scenes. Greg Ducharme, who stays up late and is available on Twitter at the Real GFD. Kyle Porter, who stays up mildly late and is available at Kyle Porter CBS. And you can find me at Rick Run Good. This has been the first cut. We'll catch you next time. Ricky Fowler. Hey everyone, this is Jimmy Conrad, your favorite former U.S. Men's National Team player and the host of the Call It What You Want podcast. And I'm here to tell you that Viore is a versatile clothing brand that speaks my language. It's inspired from the coastal California lifestyle, just like me. Its products stand the test of time, just like me. And also just like me, it endeavors to inspire others to live vibrant, healthy lives. Viore gear is designed to look great in everyday life while also being perfect for any workout activity. I'm currently rocking the Men's Sunday Performance Jogger and don't let the name deceive you. You can wear these babies any day of the week and in any situation. I'm talking going to the office, running errands, the gym, whatever your heart desires, because Viore is an investment in your happiness. For our listeners, they are offering 20% off your first purchase. So get yourself some of the most comfortable and versatile clothing on the planet at viore.com sports. That's V-U-O-R-I dot sports. Not only will you receive 20% off your first purchase, but enjoy free shipping on any U.S. orders over $75 and free returns. Again, go to viore.com sports and discover the versatility of Viore clothing.